Let's pray together. Lord, we do thank you for this uh, glorious opportunity to be together, to worship you, uh, to praise you. Be with us now as we are attentive to the ways in which you're speaking to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, friends, today is, as you know, both Pentecost, but it's also Emmaus' 12th anniversary. So I wanted to do something a little bit different today, and I'm going to have um, Peter and Judy share with us today a little bit more personally, and I'm very much looking forward to that. But before they do, I just wanted to very briefly um, say a quick word about uh, a couple of the readings that we heard today, and specifically um, invite us to consider the work of the Holy Spirit. Very, very, very quickly, first thing I want you to notice is that um, the ways in which Acts 2 is in some ways the reverse of the curse of Babel. In Genesis 11, which we heard read beautifully today, people were using the common language that they had to overthrow God, to, to make a tower that reached to heavens, and to usurp the authority of God is really the, the image uh, that, that that language is meant to portray. And so what God does there is he confuses their language and he disperses them over the face of the earth. And then what we see in Acts chapter 2 is, in many ways, the opposite of that. The Spirit comes and gives God's people a common language together that they can communicate to one another and hear one another and speak to one another again. And then the Spirit sends them out to those dispersed people to bring them back again into the one body of Christ, to be that one people once again. But he sends them out not, uh, or he brings them together not to be in competition with one another or to be in competition with God, but to actually work in partnership with God, filled with the person of the Holy Spirit, the very person of God, and to work with God, alongside of God, empowered by God for the redeeming work that God calls us to, the reconciling work, the renewing work that God is doing, and then he invites us to partner with him in doing. And so what we see from that reading is that the Spirit unifies, the Spirit empowers, the Spirit binds his people together, the Spirit partners with us so that we can go forth and be a blessing unto all the families of the earth. This is the original calling that God's people had. So that's one of the things that our scriptures teach us today. Another thing that our scriptures teach us today when we look at 1 Corinthians 12 is that God gives the, gives the gift of his spirit as gifts of his grace for every single person. It's not just for some of us. It's not just for the, the hyper-spiritual among us. It's for everyone. God gifts his people with his grace for, to every single person. Verse 6 says, speaking of gifts, um, activities, um, and acts of service, it says, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone, every single person, every one of God's children has been given the gift of God's spirit, the endowment of his grace, and it's specifically for the common good. Verse 7 says, to each is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. That means it's for one another. It's for the benefit of all, not just for ourselves alone. God gifts us with his grace, every single person, and that is meant to be a blessing to those around us. Every single person has been given an endowment of God's grace. That's what gift means, really. And that grace is for the common good. It's not just for us, it's for others. So the Spirit unifies, 
The Spirit empowers, the Spirit binds us together, the Spirit partners with us or we with Him in the renewal of all things, and the Spirit endows each and every single one of us with the gift of His grace that we may go forth and bless others. It's for the common good. That's generally some of the work that the person of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. But then he also does other things. And and I thought it would be nice today to sort of share a little bit more personally or to hear from members of our congregation to think, well, how personally does does the Spirit work in our midst? So I've asked Peter and Judy to share today. Peter's going to come up first. There are two questions that I've essentially asked them to share on, and they'll share however the Lord has been leading them. You can go to the next slide there, Eric. So the first is just a personal experience that they have had. Just how, is, how have you experienced the Spirit working in our midst as a congregation together? And how might you sense the Spirit moving us forward? And that's not meant to be a pronouncement for us. It's just to help give us a, an imagination for God's work in our midst together. So I invite Peter to come forward, please. to speak to you today the special day the 12th anniversary of Emmaus and also Pentecost the giving of God's spirit it it is his spirit by which he builds the church that's what he's doing he says it's not by might it's not by power but it's by the spirit that he builds his church his spirit working within us in our midst and moving us in worship in study in fellowship in healing one another encouraging one another and becoming the body of christ it can only be accomplished by the holy spirit the only reason you're here today is because of the holy spirit there's no more social pressure to come to church in fact you might be cooler in this society by not coming to church so you're listening to the Holy Spirit. The Spirit has moved you and brought you here to incorporate you into the body of Christ. So it was interesting when I read those questions. That's not exactly, I'm going to talk about our experience as Emmaus and, and what my experience is in that. And I'd like to ask Eric if you'd do me a favor and pull up the psalm for this morning. And we'll just do the first verse. It's going to be like a refrain. It will run through my little sermon, and we'll just say it together, shall we, when we get to that. I'm going to give you a little history of, of um, Emmaus. I admit that it's probably going to be a bit rose-colored. It's going to be very concise and narrowed down, but I sort of was thinking about this psalm and how it goes through these trials and tribulations and movements and i began to say you know that's that's the form i want to use i want to just talk about certain stages we went through um and so i i entitled this um the sermon recognizing the spirit recognizing his work amongst us 12 years ago before we left saint stephen's saint stephen's was the church that uh is on Dorchester and Atwater, and I had been there for about 20 years, I guess, and we decided we needed to leave. And uh, 
Before we left, there was a committee to choose a new name. So on a Saturday evening before going to bed, I said to the Lord, if you want, you can tell me the name. And I went to sleep. And as soon as I woke in the morning, Emmaus was the first thing into my mind. That's what I heard as I got up. I wasn't trying to figure out what would be a good name or not. I just went to sleep. So Aeneas was on my mind. And then on Sunday, I saw Brian, and he was on the committee. And I called up to him. I was going down the road. He was going into the meeting. He said, Brian, Emmaus. And I said, he said, ah. And it's interesting because Emmaus, for, for those of you who don't know the story about the road to Emmaus, it's about two travelers going to Emmaus from Jerusalem. And they're very sad because Jesus has been crucified and has died. And they're joined by Jesus, but they don't know it's Jesus. And then they asked Jesus to join him for supper. And in the breaking of the bread, they recognize him. And he disappears from their sight and they quickly, swiftly, returned to Jerusalem to share the good news. That seemed to resonate with us as a community. Though the, the burning of the word when they heard the word preached to them, the recognition of the Lord, the breaking of the bread, and then the swift telling out of this revelation. That seemed to resonate, and so we chose that name. And it continues to, to resonate. Our lives are so full of chains, change, even our lives in Christ in the church. Life is motion. Nothing is permanent. There is birth, development, transformation, growth, maturity, and moving on. Like the flowers of the field, brief but spectacular. God is eternal, and he fills all in all. He is outside of time, infinite, pure light, endless joy and love. He is Father son and holy spirit we are not any of that but his desire is that we should be with him forever so he sends out his holy spirit to be with us forever to move with us to speak to us and to unite us and reveal jesus to us and so oh give thanks to the lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever Yes, we were led out of St. Stephen's. We left not only because we left not because we totally disagreed. We still loved all our friends who remained. We stayed in fellowship. We prayed for one another. We were left with sadness and with expectation, feeling it was proper. We could have wandered. We could have looked back. We moved forward. Some of us didn't want change. Some were frustrated that we didn't change enough. We landed on our feet at Westmount Park Church. We recognized one another. We had communion. The Lord traveled with us. He blessed us with the leadership of Dean and all who organized, managed, and served. Those whom the Spirit was calling joined us. We were taught, we prayed, we worshiped all in the Spirit. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. But nothing remains the same. Dean moved on and we sought a new pastor. Now being without a pastor did not mean we were bereft or without direction. 
Lord was in our midst. We met, we shared the load, we worshiped, we waited on the Lord. We grew, we prospered. The Lord blessed us with the ministry of Keith. We gobbled up his preaching and enjoyed his gentle and quiet ministry. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. Life is so full of change. Students graduate and move on, people come and go, and there have been so many who have touched us, and so many we have ministered to, and then they move on. It seems to be a character of our age or our city. It's as if we shake hands with one hand and wave goodbye with the other. It's a challenge, isn't it? It calls for a special kind of love. A love that does not grasp, but lets go. Knowing that the future will have an abundance of love. Keith and family moved on, and as a community we prayed and searched, and from our midst the Lord prepared a pastor who knew our ethos, our character, our gifts and talents. We knew him, and it was a happy decision that Trevor became our pastor. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Changes, relentless changes. We left Westmount Park Church and went to the Taiwanese church in NDG. We were a short time there and then downtown to Presbyterian College, and here we are now. Catch us if you can. <laughs> we are better suited, I think, for a tabernacle, a tent, rather than some monument on a mountain. All this while, we are the church that the Spirit is building. For it is not with strength, nor by might, but by the Spirit that God builds his church. The Spirit is involved with every person who decides to join us. He moves us in worship, prayer, preaching, and service. We are living a life in the Spirit. His Spirit is with us when we are not together, when we are scattered, in family, when we are learning, practicing our vocations, playing and sleeping. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. It didn't seem long that we were at Presbyterian College that the pandemic hit and we had to learn a whole new way of being together, recognizing one another and the spirit in our midst. Zoom was a blessing, but there is the lockdown, restrictive guidelines and temptations to divide that challenged us. But thanks to God, his spirit worked mightily among us. He comforted us in lockdown, united, but in our separate homes. His faithfulness to all members has delivered us, and we await stories of deliverance and provision, all carefully curated by the spirit who works mightily in our midst to unite, to guide, and to reveal Jesus. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his steadfast love endures forever. Amen.
Can you hear me? Okay. Except I can't see my page now. Okay. Can I put it a bit higher and just tip it? Oh, well, we'll try. We'll see what happens. Well, So thank you, Trevor, for asking me to share. And I would like to begin by praying because this might be the most important thing that I say. <laughs> Holy Spirit, I've been reminded again of how you came to bring power into our lives, the power of a divine and loving God. Thank you. So before I even begin, I'm asking you, before all of us, to come in power and to speak to every single one of us here exactly what each of us are most in need of today. Teach us to ask, and to ask big, to ask boldly. Teach us to perceive you always at work in and around us. Teach us to receive what you're doing, because you're able to do just that. All glory to you. Amen. So where have I seen the work of the Spirit in myself and in our church family? Uh, before I begin, I want to tell you that writing this talk this week has been like wrestling with my garden hose to make it straight. It was hard. <laughs> so we'll see. Dave and I only returned in person to services about four weeks ago. Uh, there are many of you who we hadn't seen in a long time. We wondered how you were doing. These two years, church has sort of shrunk to a smaller group of people that we've kept in touch with, uh, including for me, really importantly, women's Bible study. And God has used that small group of friends and women's Bible study to encourage me and pray with me. The Holy Spirit has been really faithful, as everyone, I think, has said before me that in main maintaining and even building new spiritual connections with others, with each other. And he also provided me with a friend who lived not too far away, who often popped over during the pandemic, and we would sit outside on the deck, distance visiting, discussing scripture, or how God was working in our lives. And we often prayed together out there, and that was a real gift to me. It is a joy to me to be back in person and to see that God's spirit has definitely been moving and working here in all of us. Um, I found it difficult to make the re-entry, lots of anxiety, and uh, but I can honestly say it's good to be here with you. One thing that comes to mind about how the Holy Spirit has been at work is how I see you all using your particular gifts to connect with and to comfort and to love and care for each other, things that the Holy Spirit is known for here in Emmaus. I hear encouraging rumors of the good things you've been doing for others. I see people here that I have met before who came because somebody brought them. The Holy Spirit is alive and well. For a long time now, I've seen the church as a place where we come together on Sundays to worship, to be refreshed, to be filled and taught. 
It's a place where we pray for each other, and then we go back to our world, our neighbors, our jobs, our families, our students, our colleagues, and our friends. And their spirit gets to work as he nudges us gently to notice what he's up to. And God's love just spills over from us, from our hearts, to touch people in beautiful and often really simple ways. A smile, a protein bar you give to that person you see in the metro every day, taking time to really listen to your spouse, that's a hard one, to help a classmate. I'm so encouraged to see you guys loving your own little communities and stretching beyond your world to draw in and include people who, like us, need to know that they're not alone in the world. I don't know the half of what you are doing, but God knows. And may I remind you that he is so delighted to partner with you and with me in his slowly unfolding plan. I don't think that these are small things. Making connections is part of the Holy Spirit's work. And I think Jesus' love enters a home with the food you bring over to somebody who's sick, with the flowers from your garden that you bring to somebody who's lonely. It enters with the practical help you give. And I encourage each of us to keep bringing our little group of people that we care for to Jesus. It can be so much fun, and I think you know this, to join with him in what he's doing. And don't forget to allow someone else to have the joy of serving you. Something else that has felt um, special here in the last few years is how on Sundays, we get to hear wonderful talks and sermons from so many people in our community. I really appreciate this, and I bet you do too. I read a book years ago, and it might have been by Eugene Peterson, where the author said that the important work of a pastor is to look for, call out, and encourage the gifts of his people or her people. And I really like that, and I really see Trevor doing this with us. So I say thank you, Trevor. Um, he has been pretty persistent in a good way in inviting us to exercise the gifts of mercy, service, encouragement, teaching that exist here in this body of Christ. God's Spirit has been generous with his gifts to us. Emmaus isn't about one person, it's about our shepherd feeding, protecting, serving us, and also calling us out to become more fully ourselves in this body of Christ. You, me, each of us are important members of the family. What else has the Holy Spirit been doing in me? Well, I found that as Dave and I had more time at home, we have been encouraged to reach out more to the people who live around us. Every day, twice a day, we walk our dog, Killarney, who maybe you saw on Zoom. Often we stop and chat with our neighbors. And as we brought them in prayer to the Lord more intentionally, we've seen how God's kind of created little opportunities to connect, to comfort, to love, and to listen to their stories. Every morning as I walk down the street, I try to pray for the people in the houses as I go by that the Lord would draw them to himself. Um, listening to our neighbors, listening is so important. And often when we listen, we spot God there, already speaking into that person's life. 
This past year, one close neighbor who also has a golden doodle lost his partner to cancer. And so there was time to listen and drop off food and invite him over to sit on our deck a few times. Very recently, um, I've reconnected also with a childhood friend who lives in our neighborhood. It's been really good to stop and talk for 20 minutes on our newly appointed evening walks. <laughs> and I wonder what God is up to there. I would imagine that there have been tough times for all of us in these last two years. Um, I have had seasons of gratitude, rest, relief to stay at home. And I've had times of very low mood, feeling numb or overwhelmed by the pain of the world. Some days I felt anxious at being in isolation, and later I felt anxious to be expected to leave my little nest to come out of isolation. I said to Dave, it's like we've really gotten settled here in our burrow and we have to be pulled out. I felt at times that with all the pain in the world, I just had to go to ground, keep my head down, maybe you did too god by his spirit keeps reminding me to come and spend time with him so i keep trying to put myself where god can find me and try to keep in touch with a small group of, of friends uh, during the pandemic some of you know i started doing art and journaling in my special bible and i developed a little group of people i would send my page to sometimes um, not only did God use that and is using that to make his word more alive to me, but I want to tell you that it's really encouraged me because some days when I felt really alone or really low, um, you would write to me, somebody would respond and it'd be like, oh, God is out there with you and he's in here with me. Um, I had heard recently just about how the Holy Spirit is about all about forming connections. And I think that's what a lot of what he's been doing, um, forming connections, maintaining, strengthening our spiritual connections, even forming new ones. I see looking back that the Holy Spirit, the counselor has also been at work in my life, setting some things to rights, tidying up some places that needed his healing, cleaning out some old stuff, helping me to accept myself more fully the way God does. I was getting bogged down at one point in false guilt and that feeling of not being or doing enough. Those things don't come from God's heart for us. It's so important that we find healing in our wounded places. I have a counselor I work with regularly and a few close friends who pray with and for me. And some of you too have, I know, spiritual directors or counselors, uh, those who come and bring you into God's presence uh, and pray with you. And I am just so thankful for this. And I also suspect there are some maybe who are struggling along kind of and not sure who to ask for help or if it's even okay to ask for help. And so I really just want to encourage you that Jesus is really holding his hand out to us today and saying, don't be afraid, I'm here, I'm holding you by the hand, I'm not going anywhere, don't be afraid, we'll get through this time together. The Spirit, your counselor and mine, who comes alongside of us, can provide us with the person we need to help us walk this part of the journey. 
As you know, I love to make space for people to hear God in prayer. And one thing I'm really grateful for is that during this past year or so, the Holy Spirit has brought me opportunities to be stretched and to bring people into his presence by phone calls and on Zoom. And maybe that seems obvious to you, maybe you're doing that already, but the first time I was invited to lead a guided prayer time on Zoom, I really wasn't sure how that would work. Uh, but of course, God is not limited by the things that limit us, and he showed up, and he is such a faithful God. I am really thankful for spiritual friends who have patiently asked me to do things that I wasn't sure I could do, like Barb and Kathy at Women's Bible Study, who kept inviting me to lead listening prayer, and like Trevor inviting me to share. So I thank you for this. Um, I have an image that helps me in the morning. I see like a wooden table with a large plate sitting on it. And every morning I, when I come to Jesus, I say, what's on my plate today? Is there somebody I need to text or call? Is there something special you want me to do? Is there someone who needs to be seen today and loved? Every day on our own streets and in our classrooms and in the cafe we go to, we get to be Jesus to the people we walk with. We get to be his hands and feet. We get to be his eyes. Sorry. I want to be someone who sees people. I want to be his ears to hear the things that people can't always say, but that need to be heard. And I have seen you being his hands and feet, his eyes and ears over the past months and years, and I thank you for that. What is the Spirit calling to us together? That's a daunting question. <laughs> but in my heart, mostly I just hear love. God's love for the broken hearts in our homes, in our jobs, our schools and universities. Mother Teresa's words still resonate for me. Small things with great love. Maybe we can do that one small thing at a time with his great love. Sitting still and listening to the Holy Spirit is such an important part of following Jesus, isn't it? And it's hard sometimes. We get caught up in doing what we feel we should do. We get exhausted. My mother used to say, the Lord leads, but the devil drives. I keep forgetting that. I get them confused. I want us together to be led by still waters and quiet pastures. I want us to rest in Jesus' completed work on the cross as he says, Come to me and I will wash you of all your guilt. I will make you new. I will come and live in your hearts. I'll make my home with you and together we can go out and love this world one person at a time. Our challenge is to walk that road not only with his great love, but also with great humility. All of this Yes, as I've already said, requires so much listening, listening to God's spirit who's made his home in us, just hanging out with God, sitting down and saying, here I am, I'm listening. And of course, we've talked about listening with love and humility to each other and to the ones we serve. Another hard thing. We can't serve this world, our world, with our human abilities alone. 
but God has given us his spirit who provides the power, the love, and the wisdom that we need. We keep on covering everything in prayer. We keep offering everything, our lives, to him. So I just want to say thank you again to you for your faithfulness to Jesus. And if your heart says, like mine sometimes does, well, I haven't been very faithful, then just bring that to Jesus and let him wash you again, get you some clean clothes, set you on your feet again, and send you off to play. As Brendan Manning says, your Heavenly Father is so fond of you. In Psalm 106, 13, the writer says, they believed his promises and sang his praise, but they soon forgot what he'd done and did not wait for his plan to unfold. So maybe we can pray this together. Lord, please help us to wait for you. Teach us to listen well, to believe your promises, and to praise you. And Lord, please help us not to forget what you have done for us, and give us strength to wait for your plan to unfold. Thank you, Jesus, and thank you, Holy Spirit. We love you. Amen.